On June 28, 1914, an 18-year-old student named Gervelo Princip fired a pistol in Cervejo, Bosnia that changed the world. You're listening to Casual History. Hello, hello. Welcome back, hey. everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Casual History. It's me and Jacob, the normal Once duo. Again. We are back. Um, it is my turn to bring in the subject matter, and I brought an interesting one. But before we get to that, how has your week been, Jake? How are things over there? Uh, dude, it's been busy. I think this is, uh, this is since our last podcast, I came back from Chicago which was an awesome trip. I don't know if I've really talked to you about that in detail, but uh went to an art museum down there, saw some awesome stuff. Uh, yeah, man, just love the city. Yeah? Did you get yeah. the pizza? I'm assuming the deep dish pizza is the staple. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure, like, uh, anybody listening, we went to Pequod's. It is widely debated which one's the best, but we tried to go to the best one. <laughs> um, yeah. But there, there's another one too that uh, all my coworkers keep telling me uh, is fantastic and the best. So I don't know. I'm sure it's widely debated. What was your, um, you know, your pizza review? Barstool Sports. Not to tag them, but you know the dude who always does El Presidente, who always does the pizza reviews. <laughs> dude, it's incredible. Uh, it was okay, one it was through, very good. One through ten. One through ten. Oh, what, so you're gonna actually and, make me mark it? Yeah, and name the spot. So you just said it, but so name it was, the spot and then give it a rating. Okay, it was Pequod's Pizza. I was told it was the best. Um, they actually blowtorched the crust uh, around the sides, and it, dude, it was incredible. I, man, I'm gonna say, man, deep dish spot. will be on its own rating. So it is on its you own know, rating. Like a, a normal pizza is on a separate rating. So just think of that. If you had the deep dish, right? Right. Yes. Definitely. Okay. So <laughs> that's how you should rank it. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna rank this as. Like a nine point seven, man. <laughs> rookie, it was, rookie score. <laughs> what? <laughs> rookie score. That's a rookie you never, score. You never, you you never go nine point seven. <laughs> what, what do you mean? Never go, what do you mean? There's, there's, you given you, you have no room to go. Where's where's the ceiling? It's ten. Ten is the ceiling. Yeah, but you're <laughs> saying you're saying your first Chicago deep dish pizza was a nine point seven. You got no room to go. Dude, I, I do got room. I got room to put it at a ten. Okay, well, <laughs> noted. I wish it was I was that there, good. dude. It was <laughs> so should, good. That was should, my first authentic like deep dish pizza. Yeah. I think the only other kind I've had is was, was with you, and it was like a frozen one that we had to make ourselves. That like it's not the same. It's but it was the incredible. That it was like multi layered. It was pretty great. Sure, um, and that's what this was. It's like a pie. It's, it's a pizza, but that's a pie. <laughs> I don't think we can step on that that landscape and do like uh, reviews, but I think it would be pretty fun to have like a segment, <laughs> some sort of review Dude. segment. It'd be pretty fun. Um, would, it would have would to be food, that. though. It would have to be food, of course, because that Dude. way we can both try it and you know give yeah. it a go. Dude, being in Chicago though, like uh, and going to the art museum, that's all I could think of was this podcast is because we there was a whole section of um <laughs> like medieval there was a medieval section yeah where i'm not kidding you where they have mosaics like full mosaics on the wall uh medieval paintings full suits of armor 18 like pistols like old school pistols well wow. i have pictures i haven't even i haven't shown you the pictures but it's incredible put them on the the twitter or the yeah. instagram it was it was pretty amazing. I could not help. Oh, also saw a lot of like, um, oh man, I'm going to have to just show you because I can't even describe it. I have a whole bunch of pictures of it, but uh, there were several things where I was like, I need to show Jeffrey this. Yeah. He would really appreciate it. Well, throw him uh, up there. Uh, I would yeah, like to man. see it. If, if Especially, you know, history related. I've been on uh, a book lately, which I, I sent you. Uh, it's it's going to be a podcast after yeah, I get Yeah, you did it. for sure. Um, it's about a man who... Uh, was with Hitler during his formative years. Okay. And like grew kind up of, with him when he was a snot nosed kid? Well, not when he was a snot nosed kid, but uh, like uh, early 20s. Okay. I, I believe it was early 20s for Hitler. And uh, 
this guy made it out alive, essentially. Um, and it's a really good story so far. I'm, I'm only about 100 pages in, but it's really good. I I think the thing I've realized is to get a clear picture of the man. Like, yeah. there's no real one source because, again, all the information is kind of scattered throughout different people. But this guy's pretty legit. Like, he was there with them for years, you know, yeah. um, until he had to fragment off and made it out live and told his story of uh, kind of his um, uh, view of him and his personality. You get a, a, a sense of um, what drove him, which is interesting. Anyway, that's yeah, what I've no. been on recently, uh, book-wise, and it's been pretty enthralling. That's nice. It's it's very weird to add humanity to a character that's become just the the poster child for basically evil incarnate. Well, he uh, he was. That's the thing. Like the, this guy's. Sure. Uh, I, I I can't um, I, I can't pronounce his last name, but essentially, uh, he speaks on how he there was always that side to him, but he always thought really? he could he could tame that side because he was such a a a lure for people and he would like he thought the power was inevitable for him and that he always thought you know you you stick with someone to try to help you think that you can change not change but quell the worst ideas of of someone and you know uh, but then when he had all these other croonies and like people around him that were feeding into those ideas again it's really interesting i'll have to i'll post a link to it or something or when i get done with it i'll be able to give a better rapport but i think it would be fun to do a podcast off of it and plus i'm yeah. just interested in in general um yeah, in that area so but we're not touching on world war ii today we're touching on world war one okay um yeah i heard a little bit of the intro and i yeah. immediately just did a quick google search uh i saw a picture of the person we're going to talk about yeah young kid <laughs> which i didn't know we had a picture well we're going to talk about him but we're going to talk about the man who he killed as well so right. this starts off, and I can give the general synopsis, right? Sure. Well, actually, maybe I won't. Um, <laughs> you won't? So essentially, if you, you, by the intro, uh, the folks who are listening know, it was pre-World War I, um, like a month before, a young kid who was a part of this uh, rebellion assassinated a high-ranking uh, person. And I'll, again, I'll get into it. Sure. And essentially, literally, he was the one that led this death led to World War One happening. Yeah, directly linked, direct cause. Um, and yeah, we'll get into it. It's really interesting. I, I I stumbled across it. I stumbled across the photo that you probably are looking at, which we yes. can post along with this podcast. Um, and it threw me in. Um, but the man who was in power and who again got well, it's already known who was assassinated. Um, was named uh, Ferdinand. His last name is Ferdinand. Um, and so we'll start there, if that's right. okay with you, and we'll jump was in. was he, and, Jeffrey? Yeah. So here we go. Deeply in love. We're going <laughs> to... He was deeply, deeply in love. love. <laughs> wow, what a way to start. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> this is about World War well, he, he, I. Here's the, worst, the idea. The worst war to happen in the history of humanity, it started with love. Well, we're not We're not, We're not. not going to get into World War One. We're getting into right. the... the precipice the what, what led to what led it, to yes, it right okay so, so love led to world war one no no <laughs> it's it starts i like i i found some good articles about the man uh who was killed right okay and it right. starts it kind of dives a bit into um his rebellious nature and um kind of doing things and that you don't think makes sense so essentially he chose to marry so the man who got assassinated we'll touch on him chose okay. to marry sophie chudek in 1900s, despite the opposition of his uncle, the Austro-Hungarian emperor, Franz Joseph. Okay? Okay. Um, he refused to attend the wedding. It was a big ordeal. He didn't, he didn't like the girl. Um, and though not exactly a commoner, Sophie came from a family of obscure Czech nobles and not from a former reigning or formerly reigning dynasty of Europe. And so, uh, again, kind of created some bad blood um, as a result. Her okay. and Ferdinand's children were declared ineligible for the throne. So Sophie has become the victim of countless petty slights, slights throughout this process, right? Um, right. Like there, there was an example of at an imperial banquet, for example, uh, she had to enter the room last uh, without an escort. Uh, basically treated like shit. 
Okay. Right. Um, kind of sounds like a little bit of the drama going on with the royal family right now. <laughs> right. Right. He married someone that they didn't like, and again, there's so much drama and different ties of nobles and royals, and uh, it's really cross crosshaired here. Um, yeah. But we're starting kind of in the center of it because it leads right to where we want to go. Um, just as a uh, understanding is where I'm going here. <laughs> so <laughs> his marriage notwithstanding, Ferdinand remained Franz Joseph's heir and inspector general of the army. And in that capacity, he agreed to attend a series of June 14th military exercises in Bosnia. Wait, um, June 14th? June 14th. June, oh, 19, June 1914. Sorry. Oh, okay. I was about to say, it's like my birthday? <laughs> no, that would have been kind of wild. That would have um, been wild. So at the time, Austria-Hungary uh, had just annexed these provinces a few years earlier against the wishes of neighboring uh, Serbia, mm-hmm. which likewise coveted the region. So Ferdinand believed that the Serbs to be thieves, murderers, scoundrels, lowly of low. He didn't think highly of them, right? Yet. Right. He had opposed um, annexing them for fear that it would make an already turbulent political situation even worse. Mm-hmm. And so, the formerly controlled it was formerly controlled by the Ottoman Empire. Uh, the Bosnia population was roughly forty percent Serb, thirty percent Muslim, and twenty percent Croatian. And so, that's probably the reason why he felt like this was a bad political move of annexing this region. Um, okay. Regardless of that, though, upon learning of Ferdinand's upcoming visit. To the region, um, the young Bosnians, a secret revolutionary society of peasant students, began plotting to assassinate him. So this is mm. the heir, right, to that. You're talking high schoolers, right? Yeah, yeah. He, so he just a bunch of high schoolers got young, together. Young and were like, kids. We don't like what's happening. But they were they were pushed pushed for this idea through another group as well, who supplied them the guns. Uh. And it's not quite clear if it was a government agency that was involved at the time but okay. um so we'll start though with that right so the young bosnians that's what they were um right. they began plotting this assassination attempt in may and gravillo princip who i just mentioned was one of them who ends up killing ferdinand was one of them um there's a few other kids that are along with them but there ended up being about seven total that were tasked with this uh plot and okay. so they traveled to the Serbian uh, Serbian capital of Belgrade, where they received where they received. So here's where it gets interesting. Received six handheld bombs, four semi-automatic pistols, and a cyanide suicide capsules from members of the so-called Black Hand. Oh shit! So the Black Hand was a terrorist group with close ties to the Serbian army. After practicing with their pistols in a Belgrade park, right? So they kind of trained these oh my kids. God. The three men journeyed back to Bosnia, um, receiving help from the Black Hand associates to smuggle these weapons across the border. And Dude, so, that's a hundred percent like CIA shit. Like you know, like pills to kill yourself in case like you get caught. Yeah, this was. Dude, imagine being in high school and having a club. Okay, yeah. this, this is a really weird way to put it to view it, but like a high school club where you guys were like, I don't like what's going on. Yeah, and then uh, you get handed like weapons grade, like CIA. Yeah, Weapons they gave shit. them the 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 necessary tools because again, the black hand obviously wanted this to happen, this and to ha- yeah. and they were the who's the guinea pigs except for this young group of people that were known as the young Bosnians that were yeah, let them take the, the revolutionaries. Fall. They were revolutionaries, right? That's what the, this group was about. And so, anyway, wow. so to this day, though, it it's, remains unclear whether the Serbian government participated in the scheme. So whether mm. that was initiated there or not. Um, but we do know that the black hand group supplied them with the weapons, the cyanide and helped them smuggle the, the, um, the guns and ammunition back over. And so back to Ferdinand and Sophie, um, they departed their estate for Bosnia on June 23rd, having received, they've at this point, they received multiple warnings to cancel the trip. Uh, and the Archduke knew that danger potentially awaited them. Um, and Mm. he, this is a quote saying, so basically, their their car uh, broke down, and he he's quoted with saying, "Our journey starts with an extremely promising omen." Uh, oh no! When the axles of his car overheated, here our car burns, and down there they will throw bombs at us. That's in quotes. 
Oh my god! So so <laughs> people saw this coming, but he went anyway. Yeah, it, it, which was interesting to me again. Which is partly, I think, the reason why there was a mention of him rebuking who he married. Like he married for him is, I think he had a bit of that that in him, right? Where yeah. it's like a danger. Okay, I'll all right. I'll I do can it deal with a certain level. Of yeah, danger. and so I think that's part of the reason why they. There's a few articles and things I read mentioned his his wife Sophie and how he did it against the wishes of uh, you know. Uh, above him <laughs> the people above him that sort of thing um, yeah. and so this is how it starts after okay. arriving at a spa town a few miles outside of uh, Cervejo Bosnia uh, Ferdinand attended two days of military exercises while Sophie visited schools and orphanages um, and on a whim the couple drove and went one evening to check out Cervejo's bazaars and while there right. they attracted a crowd of onlookers, right? You'd think they'd be hostile or you weren't quite sure of the reception. Um, right. And including Princip was there, the, the the young kid who ends up killing him. He was there um, okay. at this little gathering they just did on a whim. But apparently they were treated fine and with warmth and politeness and didn't think of anything of it. And so the trip continues on. So following a banquet, with religious and political leaders, only one day of events remained before Ferdinand and Sophie were to return home. Hmm. That morning, June 28th, so not quite June 14th, your birthday, Okay. <laughs> um, the Archduke sent a telegram to his eldest son congratulating him on the latest exam results. He and Sophie then boarded a train for a short ride into Cervejo for once, Sophie was permitted at this point to walk alongside Ferdinand during a brief troop inspection. Mm. After which, the couple got in an open-topped car for a motorcade ride to City Hall. The car in front of them was supposed to carry six specially trained officers, but instead only had one. Now, I'm not going to mention the parallels, but this parallels here to something that ends up happening later in life. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I already know what parallels... But the, th- the yeah. car Dude. front was supposed to have six specially trained officers, but instead only had one, plus right. three local policemen. In fact, throughout the trip, the officials, the Austro, uh, the officials allegedly focused more on attention to the dinner menus than any security details. Okay, well. So first off, I mean, obviously, you know that the parallels that are shining there. At least they did for me when I was reading this. Yeah, of course. Um, which was JFK, right? Yeah. Shows up, he, he takes a, a planned ride through town. What um, a weird. What in a an open, weird. an open top car and not nearly enough people that they thought there was going to be <laughs> protecting yeah. them. But also, yeah, just, that's just crazy. I don't know. Not to get all like too heady about everything. Go for it. But I always wonder when these, when these moments of history, these pivot points in history happen like that, like again, it it always <laughs> I always feel like this. Maybe it's just how the stories are written, or how they're perceived later on. Obviously, in twenty twenty hindsight, but it always feels like it's like um, there are warnings, there were signs, but like almost like fate intervenes. Like yeah, it's it's very it's very weird. I'm not trying to suggest that that was meant to happen, but it just it's very interesting to me. Uh, no, it's how it, it is interesting. plays out that way. Well, it's interesting. Well, it's, I, I almost feel like, of course, it's easy to see the danger from sure. looking back, but it does seem to be where, I, I don't know if it's like a, a moment in time, like maybe it's like some sort of, uh, like the people involved don't, like yeah. there's a different breed of people, I feel like, at these different points of time where these moments happen where maybe it wasn't that big of a deal. Right. Maybe maybe we see things because these things happened as a big deal. But at the time, it was kind of the first of its not the first of its kind. But I feel like uh, I don't know. Maybe there's definitely I'm sure history uh, of uh, assassinations happening where there was danger that preceded it and warnings and things like that. that It was always like and he went against everybody's wishes. and Did whatever the fuck he wanted anyway. I feel like that's the trope that's always leading before these huge pivot points in history. Yeah. It's like, you know, he just went, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go on one last car ride. I'm going to go on one last trip. Jacob, (laughs) this parallels don't stop. 
I know. It's just, I feel like that's always the case and I'm sure that's how it's written, but it always amazes me. Well, Jacob, hear. here's the thing. You know how, again, there's conspiracies around JFK. Like he was never meant to go on this ride. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know how there's, and again, I'm not trying to throw a conspiracy on this, but there's conspiracy around JFK, right? With the local government and police force that they, they had ties and to the to mob and ended up making it known type thing, right? So here's right. the official reason. This is the parallel. Okay, this happened before that, of course, but the parallel for the official reason why that there wasn't more people protecting this detail was the official reason was that the army had been out on maneuvers for the previous two days and that the uniforms were muddy and dirty and were not presentable. Oh, do you, okay. Do you buy that? Do you, but also I a different time. Yeah, but do you, do you buy that? Yeah, I mean, it's it, almost, almost kind of purposeful. Almost. It's Almost could be taken perfectly. I mean, I would say nowadays it'd be very odd reason to be like, oh, now you're going without security today. Well, here's the <laughs> other thing. Because I got a stain on my shirt yesterday. Sorry, sir. Uh, but like also a different time, different decorum. Yeah. Uh, different kind of culture. Again, we're talking about like, you know, yeah. like dukes and uh, a whole different hierarchy. Yeah. That For I feel sure. like that was a lot more important back then. For and sure. here I got Wyatt over here trying to play. That's okay. So if you hear doggy noises, it's okay, buddy. Um, Later. Soon. Well, so the other thing that kind of parallels, uh, mm-hmm. again, brings up conspiracy to me, was the people in charge of the Archduke's visit decided it was a good idea to publish the motorcade route in advance. Uh, so I'm, the path was crowded okay. with people. Bunting flags, brightly colored carpets hung out the windows. <laughs> and so the would-be assassins knew exactly where to stand. Well, perfect. Obviously. You, know, you gave them a blueprint. You did. But also, you're talking about a world which you've set up where there is conflict already. He knew like, he was going into a, a conflicted An region. uneasy situation for yeah. him. That not everybody liked him. That there was going to be people that absolutely hated him there. Yeah. And instead they published that. Why would they do Why would they feel confident enough to publish that route? Yeah. It, I, again, I never understand. <laughs> and again, maybe it is like a parade where you're like, hey, we're going to be doing that. We're going to be traveling through here so people can stand and be ready for it. Like, I think they wanted it to be a moment. Obviously they're doing the motorcade route to kind of, see the people and the people to see him. And that's kind of the thing. So maybe it makes sense. But again, looking back, I go, why, why, why are you doing that? that? (laughs) Just tell them you're driving through the town. And so have people ready and they can, you know, go and chase after it maybe. And I don't know, maybe, maybe it was for like political points, man. Maybe he was just trying to look good in front of everybody. Like, you know, this was his chance to kind of like show up and be important. Like, I, I don't know. I think, I think probably so. I mean, I think, again, there's so many geopolitical uh, cross ties here that I don't want to act like I know the scope of. So I, so I tried to jump in the middle of it and tell it from the middle on. Um, but there's right. definitely reasons for why he's doing this. And so I don't think I can speculate too hard on, again, maybe criticizing it. Um, but either way, after posting this route, route, however you want to say that word, the seven young Bosnians who who were trained and given the the tools um, right. had fanned out along the the road, the river basically next to the river, um, which was a main avenue in Servejo running parallel to the uh, Miljaka River. And so, okay. when the motorcade passed by, its its route having been published in advance, they were all carrying bombs, guns. Um, they were ready to go and ready to go. Here's the thing, I mean. You're, you're trusting seven teenagers to do something horrific, and well, trusting is different. Like right, like think about it this way: throwing a dart it, at the, the the wall. I think. What? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Whoever just kind like, of if put it this fails, in then so what? Like, if it fails, there's seven high school kids who were never really meant to succeed anyway, but if you give them a shot, you know, it's like, that's it's all the you're horrible doing. mindset. Yeah. That's what I think I probably was the mindset. Again, if yeah. you're, if you're the if bigger organization, wrong, so what you didn't lose anything. That's, that's, you know, if you're, if you're them, I did do some research on the, the black hand group. Um, and so sure. essentially they were formed up more so of, uh, more political leaders and more people in power, like more, right. more so like ex, uh, military men, that kind of thing. 
Um, they right. weren't, again, the young Bosnians were known as the young Bosnians because of their, them being young <laughs> and not so, right. they were kind of the young generation, high school kids, obviously. So it does seem like something that they got pushed into through their, you know, I don't and, know. And again, when what. you're kids, like you're in a different mindset, a different headspace. Um, you know, I know, I think I, I thought differently when I was 18, but like when, you know, you're a part of something at that age. Like who knows? And there if they was also grown up reasons for given it. More time. There was anger that was built up within this region as well. Like there was again, the, like I mentioned two seconds ago. I'm not going to say I know everything about the, the background, but there was some harsh yeah. world that there was a harsh world that was happening, and they were getting the brunt of it. And they were pretty angry, obviously, at the system in place and the people who were in charge. And so it stemmed from that. Um, right. And so, so after the the route was published, and they're fanned out along this route. Um, basically all of them chickened out except for two. So it passed, you know, along the route and there was supposed to be like multiple, you know, like, Hey, if something goes wrong, there's people down the road, that kind of thing. Um, one kid, I can't, I'm not going to pronounce his name correctly. Um, besides, uh, Gervejo, um, his name was Nadeljic, uh, Kabrinovich. (laughs) Okay. He was one exception to not backing down obviously he threw a bomb at the motorcade only uh, to watch it bounce off the folded up roof and roll underneath the wrong vehicle the subsequent oh no. explosion wounded two army officers and several bystanders but left ferdinand and sophie essentially unharmed okay. franz ferdinand ordered the driver to stop he got out and walked back to inspect the damage in the wounded people. Oh, God. Wait, he didn't think it was for him. No, he. <laughs> I think he knew it was for him. Or he's just a fucking... He what, didn't, a badass testing his fate? I, I think so, again. Motherfucker, stop. Don't let me drive away from the scene. I have to go back. I mean, again, it shows compassion. Well, here's the thing. But, man, like, what a... What was going through his head? Well, there, there's a good quote here that says, Today, if something like that happened, the vehicles would race away from the scene as fast as they could. Yeah. But not in 1914. This was European nobility at the turn of the century. Right. And so that was uh, to explain this mindset of, you yeah, know, like, know, like no, no, poshness. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I like have how, people around me. Yeah, and... maybe. I, I don't know quite how they categorize that line as the reason. <laughs> like, is that really the reason? Well, that it's just the time that he thought it was fine? I don't know. Um, well, that definitely led to a, a terrible event. <laughs> it did. And so I want to stop there and take okay. a quick break, and then we'll jump yeah, back into it, it um, and tell the rest of the story. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening to that ad. Um, we're back into the story. Um, I'm yes. sure if you followed along this far, you know what we're talking about. If you haven't, there's a whole 30 minutes you got to go back and listen to, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> Why would you start a podcast in the middle? I don't Why know. Do that? I don't know. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> I don't trust you immediately. <laughs> what kind of monster are you? Um, <laughs> that's another kind of person. That's the people a, that's who start. Another... <laughs> Imagine that's the new challenge. Start in the middle of a book. Just start at the very center, in the middle of a movie. You have to try to figure out what? the front half. <laughs> that, wow i could see that being a crazy trend but you're just if you if you do that man it's just like you uh pouring milk before cereal like i don't trust you yeah. i don't understand how you live i have a great <laughs> the idea. Kind of person you are i have a great idea okay the new podcast side podcast is gonna be um i don't know the name of it what we'll do okay. is we'll jump into movies we've never seen before at the very middle mark and oh then one of us will watch the front half, one of us will watch the second half. And try to and understand then, what's happening. No, we have to try to guess what each half ends up happening. Like, I'll, I'll go to, Dude, that'd be fun. I'll have to talk about the front half of the movie that I didn't see. <laughs> You'll that talk would about be the end. incredible. And then we and end up forming it together. End. Yeah, that would be amazing. <laughs> Actually, that's, not a bad idea. That's such, that's such a great idea. I'm yeah. totally down for that. Okay, well, you know, just take my ideas and, you know, when we find the time, let's do it. Of course. If someone out there wants to do this podcast, become part of our podcast network. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> we'll sign you to a four-year non-exclusive. <laughs> it's like we'll do, do that kind of a deal. Anyway, We've, it's not why we're yeah. here. Anyways. Back to the story. 
we left off where Franz Ferdinand did something that most sane people wouldn't do when a bomb is thrown at you is he, stop. He started a podcast halfway through. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but um, most sane people wouldn't. Do, okay, sorry. <laughs> no, he, he got out. He walked to the back to inspect the damaged wounded people. That's where we left off. Right. And right. We again, they tried to explain it as saying this is just the time of 1914. This is European nobility at the turn of the century. And maybe right. that just was built into him. But meanwhile, the the kid who threw it, who threw the bomb, swallowed the cyanide poison and jumped into the river below. But oh. at the time, the river would have been about six inches deep, 15 oh feet below the level of the road. So he jumped, he sprained his ankles and or broke one ankle. I think it, one of it was kind of a conflicting one, sprained one's break. Essentially, he was unable to move. And the poison didn't work either. It just made what? him sick. <laughs> Are you kidding? No. He's quoted. Everything has gone wrong. <laughs> yeah. He's quoted with saying, uh, I am a Serbian hero. And oh he reportedly God. shouted this as the police led him away. At least two he, other young Bosnians also had good looks at the Archduke at the time, but apparently lost the nerve to attempt, uh, lost the nerve to do it, essentially. Well, after your friend jumps into a river that's not a river anymore and takes a pill that just makes him sick. <laughs> yeah, I. Like, dude, like, what a failed event. And then for you to have the balls to be like, I'm a hero. Like, what? what? Well, well, here's the thing. Well, here's the thing. Uh, there's a couple quotes and a couple articles about. How even, again, we, I touched on it here at the end, but mm-hmm. these folks are still, this conflicting history of how people feel about them. Because at the time, it almost felt, again, in, in the, the people's time, in the people's world that felt justified, like the, the anger and the, the sure. revolution that was kind of brewing. So yeah. it's weird. It's one of those points in history where, depending on your view, you view them one way or the other. Essentially, okay. Um, I, mean, I mean, that's most of history, right? I mean, it is, it is. But typically, I feel like there can be a general consensus of, yeah, in maybe, hindsight. Yeah, in hindsight, typically there can be. Typically, I say typically because not every time, but um, yeah. And again, there's some quotes here at the end where we'll get into if they knew what ended up happening off of this, would they have done it again? There's like quotes from them, a few of them. Really? Yeah. And so, oh, wow. Um, so rather than immediately flee right after seeing the bomb, this happened and Cervejo, uh, he decides to chance fate again. <laughs> Ferdinand decided to continue on the planned uh, event at City Hall. What? He arrives and the furious Archduke arrived at City Hall where the mayor uh, delivered essentially the categorized as totally inappropriate remarks that were written before the assassination attempt. So things that like whether it's. Yeah. You're welcome, welcome here, whatever, I don't know. They're just categorized as a whole as totally inappropriate remarks. I couldn't well, quite find out what. Well, he time, like, <laughs> yeah. to come up with a new speech. Yeah, I know, um, but you probably should have winged it a bit and said something. You probably should have, uh, yeah, shown some sympathy. And he, furious, the, this quoted, uh, the Archduke uh, was snapped and his quota was saying, what kind of welcome is this? I'm being met by bombs. End uh, quote. Yeah. And a, then he wiped anywhere. off the blood of his off his prepared speech and addressed the crowd. Okay, that was like his opening line into his his speech uh, after the mayor. Wow. Okay. So pretty insane stuff here. Honestly, it's pretty. This is pretty. Um, upon finishing it up, he insisted on visiting the wounded officers in the hospital. So the people who mm-hmm. took the brunt of the bomb that when the cart when it rolled off his car. Um, right. Here's the thing, Jake. No one told the driver. So in order to dissuade any other bomb throwers, the motorcade was, again, traveling at quicker, right? It was trying to zip down uh, the road at high speeds. And at that fateful intersection... Wait, I'm I'm confused. No one told the driver. What do you mean? No no one one told told the the driver. driver that that's where they were heading. Oh. Of his car motorcade. Again, there's like three other cars and there's like a motorcade happening. They arrive okay. at the, after the city hall, after this event, he talks um, and they're supposed, he decides he wants to go visit the the wounded oh. officers. And this is like off plan. Obviously. This is, that was off plan. Him deciding that is right. off plan. And so the driver of his motorcade didn't know that. The other okay. people, I guess, did. And I think it was like one of those things that 
maybe a loss of translation, maybe. Again, maybe sure. there's conspiracy here. So okay. they set off at a fast sp- pace, essentially, is what it's it's tells me when I've been reading these things, right? They're saying they're trying to speed through the town sure. to get to where they want to go and not leave anything of at the chance. They know it's not safe anymore. But there was an intersection that they hit where they had either to go left or right. And essentially they were going fast. His motorcade went right. All the other cars went left. And so it's oh, reported no. that there was a, a general in the motorcade front, ahead of him that shouted as they were turning, you're going the wrong way. Oh, no. And the driver stopped the car right in front of assassin number seven. Number seven. As the cars attempted to reverse back onto the road, Princip, the man who was just standing there, whipped out his, was just standing there. Wait, he was not ready? Like, this was not a planned thing. No, This was just fate. Fate. Or, or maybe not fate. Who knows? But, right. There's an intersection, all the other cars went left, he went right, and as soon as the driver realized, he stopped to reverse. Yeah. There, right on the corner, where he stopped, right next to the man, was, him. was Princip. Oh my God, just waiting. And so, it, I, don't, it, I don't even know what's going through his mind, whether this was planned, whether this wasn't, but essentially, yeah. um, uh, right, so he stops right there. Whips out his pistol and fired two shots at the Archduke from point blank range. That's how close he. Wow. That's how close he stopped and was going to reverse. Pulls out the pistol, shoots him at point blank range. Okay. Holy smokes. And piercing him in the neck and also st- ends up striking his wife, Sophie, in the abdomen. Oh. Uh, it's quoted that he says some pretty horrific thing like, don't die, please don't die, stay alive for the children. As. Oh they got after God. they got shot, and it, that's what it's reported that Ferdinand was murmuring as this happened, and it was within minute, minutes, essentially, as this all the scene was unfolding, that they both passed away. Both of them. Both of them. Okay, yeah, I the little article I pulled up it said uh, one of the shots hit his jugular, so that was like hit him in the neck. Minutes, yeah. Yeah. so he was gone. Yeah, yeah. But wow. that that scene when I read that, I went no, no. No. Right. How, how does that, you just, you were the wrong way and you stopped to reverse and right there he is? Him. Like, that took me, I, I didn't know what to think. Again, my mind goes to three right. different areas of, one, was that planned? Is the dry, you know, who knows? But also, crazy shit happens. It does, man, it does. What it are does. the odds yeah. that an event like that happens? He stops the car, because even if he's driving, he might have made it. He might have been yeah. fine past him, right? He might not have had the chance to realize what was happening, and maybe he wouldn't have taken the shots. Yeah. Wouldn't have taken the shots at him. Yeah. Um, yeah, so all those factors led into just this moment in history that changed the world forever. Dude, and here's the thing. There, there's, there's a lot of information about the seven people, right? There's se- the, sure. the seven young Bosnians. Um, and I guess two of the seven people were actual students students and that the other five were prof- in a quote professional revolutionaries. And so right. here's the thing, like when, when I was trying to figure out what the actual motive was, was this plan? Was this doing this to try to again, get an engagement to happen and start a right. war that, you know, someone wanted, I, I guess that what I, I, there's no clear answer of course, but right. they all seem to have slightly different motivations um, mm. Serbian nationalist, anti-monarchist, um, but I guess the the assumed and the the general theme is that it was never intended to start a global war. All right. And so, Princip, um, kind of to put a little picture around him, there, we should post a photo of him. Um, yeah. But he's a slender, nineteen-year-old Serbian army reject that later admitted to killing Ferdinand. So at the time, again, he got away, but he later admitted to killing Ferdinand but said he had not meant to hit Sophie. Um, right. And at this time, he's three weeks too young for the death penalty. Oh, wow. And so he was given a 20-year sentence. But during the sentence, um, he contracted tuberculosis and died in jail in April 1918 at the age of 23. Wait, ni- 
1918. So you're talking that, that the end of the war. Yeah, yeah. So here's the thing that he started. So he got to see his repercussions. Well, well, here's yeah. Well, so from here, um, essentially, the seven people ended up uh, on trial. So they ended up mm-hmm. again being like figured out, I guess. And each and every one of them said at the trial, and later said during their imprisonment that they had, if they had known that th- such a horrendous war would ensue, they would have never taken part in the activities on June 28th. Yeah. And so what ends up happening after this Ferdinand is killed and assassinated here with Mm -hmm. tensions that were already running high among Europe's powers, the assassination essentially precipitated a rapid descent into world war one. So first Austria, Hungary gained German support for punish punishment action, basically punitive action against Serbia. And so it was like, this happened they needed to be, they, something needs to happen. We need to do something. Okay. And according to the term, so they sent us an ultimatum, ultimatum, sorry, uh, yeah. to them. And it was delivered on July 23rd. And the Serbian government would have to accept um, an inquiry from them into the assassination, uh, notwithstanding, notwithstanding its claim that it was already conducting its own internal investigation. Serbia was also to suppress all anti-Austrian propaganda and to take steps to root out and eliminate terrorist organizations within its borders. Uh, mm. One such organization, the Black Hand, was believed to have aided and abetted the Archduke's killer, Gavrilo Princip, um, and his cohorts. And they, again, they're stated with providing them weapons, safe passage. Um, so and, they knew about this, and this was their the ultimatum, like, you have to do this so we can have some sort of justice in a weird way. And the the, the monarchy demanded an answer to the note within 48 hours. And so oh, wow. by that time, however, anticipating Serbian defiance, um, the lead, uh, Serbian uh, leader had already packed his bags and prepared to leave the embassy. So oh. here's the thing. Uh, I have the interesting note here about uh, uh, that ultimatum. Essentially... Mm-hmm. There, it's it's known that they sent something that no one would accept to because they didn't want anything to be accepted. Uh, and so, so they can, it's possible that they definitely wanted yes. this to push into yes, um, yeah, and, worse things. And while the world waited for Serbia's response, Germany worked diplomatically to contain the effects of the ultimatum. But none of uh, the other great powers, with reason, were inclined to see Austria-Hungary with its relatively weak military. As acting alone. So by 1914, right. the battle line's been drawn in Europe. If Germany stood with Austria against Serbia, and by extension Russia, then Russian mm-hmm. allies, France and Britain, would likely have to step into the fray as well. And so right. the British cabinet, just after receiving the news of the Austrian note to Serbia, held a meeting in London, one that had previously been devoted to discussing Ireland's desire for independence. This okay. note as Winston Churchill famously wrote, was clearly an ultimatum, but it was an ultimatum such that had never been penned in modern times. As the reading preceded it, seemed absolutely impossible that any state in the world could accept it, or that any acceptance, however abject, would satisfy the aggressor. That's what he's known to have written about the ultimatum. Okay. So, essentially, they didn't want peace. They didn't want to try to make some sort of deal out of this. This happened, and it led to... Um, war. So yeah. they declared war on July 28th, 1940, 1914, exactly a month after Ferdinand's death. Wow. One month and it all unraveled. Right. So wow. after the assassination, Austria declared war in Serbia. Soon Europe and much of the world spiraled into war as one country after another enmeshed in the web of previously established alliances took sides. Right. Either yeah. with the central powers, which were Germany, Austria, and their allies, or the allies, France, Britain, Russia, and others, including eventually the, the United States. Right. So, Dang. again, we we don't get into World War One a touch, but there's a good little line here that I found and some information here. So, what became known as the Great War, or later World War One, it would prove to be more devastating than any that had come before. The Times described mm-hmm. the war's impact in an article one year after Ferdinand was murdered. And this is the quote. Those two shots brought the world to arms, and the war that followed has brought devastation upon three continents and profoundly affected two others. So, 
I mean, yeah. like those. That's literally the direct result of, of his actions that day. Yeah, shooting him. Wow. Yeah, like wow. I, which is which is it? It plays up the old trope of like how everybody acts like they don't matter, and it's like, man, one person tipped the balance in the fucking world. Yeah, I it it blew my mind when I read it again. That the title was grabby when I was going through articles. I'm like, okay, but sure. like, did it really? But no, it it really did. This was it's the just moment, a direct result. The direct result. Again, of course, there's other intersecting. There were other factors before this right, happened. Right, right. And rising tensions. Yeah, I'm sure there were plenty of background things that led to this. But this was the powder keg, and he shot it. Yeah, like this was. Yep. he ignited this. Yep. Um, and again, whether that was pushed on by someone or not, right. it's still debated and still unknown. Um. But it literally led to million, millions of people dying um, through disease, chemical warfare, like mustard gas. Um, Dude, I can't even. There were more than yeah, 30 million servicemen killed or wounded. And by, mm-hmm. the, uh, by the time it was, uh, right, peace was declared in 1918, a generation had lost its innocence. And writers like Hemingway and Fitzgerald were inspired by um, the malaise of their contemporaries. So... That's really my story for today, but that blew my mind when I started to read about, uh, again, he was 19 years old, and he started World War One. I'm not going to say he started World War One because there was, of course, layers there, but mm-hmm. yeah, I don't... But yeah, that's, that's crazy. It's weird to be like, oh, he's, he did it, but I mean, he really did. Maybe it would have happened it, either way, you know? But, yeah. it, but either way, if the timeline gets off, and our timeline in this world shifts even a little bit maybe things don't happen because we all know the reason why world war ii happened or we don't know all the reason why but sure one of the big reasons why was because hitler and germany was trying to rebuild the greatness that was germany and get over the loss that they supposedly thought they took in world war one right and they kind of took the brunt of the blame for that and so sure. like imagine that not happening who knows <laughs> i love i love your squeaky toy in the back yeah, sorry about uh, that. <laughs> no, you're okay. Don't be sorry. It's funny to hear the dogs. But yeah. yeah, no, you're right. It's it's incredibly sobering to think of something It's such a horrific events. Like something had to trigger it, but the fact that it was a high school kid. Yeah. Who yeah, just just how your it just speaks so much to how your actions matter. Yeah as a human and everybody thinks that, you know, you're, you're small and we are compared to the universe, but man, like, but we matter in the good ways, not just the bad, <laughs> you no, know, like absolutely. That, that's a very absolutely. poignant, a very interesting thing, uh, moment to, uh, like, uh, talk about when it comes, like you're like in this theme, cause it, it's completely true. I completely agree. But it's, yeah. it's, it's something I, I definitely want to mention. That's also for the good of humanity as well. So the, the small actions now that I lead just, to bigger things, in a positive light as well. Um, right. Now I just sound like a life coach just telling you yeah. that like, you know, <laughs> your energy matters in the, in the world. Hey, Listen, hey. but I mean, it's, it, I'm not, I believe that. Yeah. Again, I'm the optimist on this show, but <laughs> Maybe, are you the optimist? Maybe you are. <laughs> I, I don't know. You've always told me I'm the optimist. I think you are. Uh, I think you're the optimist. That I just think that, yeah, like it just means what you do matters. And, you can affect the world like you can. Well, that's Good a, it's, a daunt, it's a daunting that's thing to say. To... It's a daunting thing to accept, I think, maybe. Sure. It's a daunting thing. Like you either, uh, there's the, the the idea that nothing matters. And so that makes it either, you, you're either miserable because things don't seem to have meaning or you're, right. you take on the responsibility that every decision you make decision. matters. And so that yeah. brings on a level of pressure and duty almost or you know there's almost a level of uh you know things pushing you from behind that that you kind of can't get away from and so either i'm not saying that's the only spectrum but those two are pretty polar opposites and and in this case at least if we're talking directly to this case very much mattered you know um and so i just want to tie this up maybe with the very end of this the world war one um Mm -hmm. also uh, was signed, so it was formally ended when the German Germans signed the Treaty of Versailles, agreeing reluctantly to terms dictated by Allied forces, and the date was 
June 28th, 1919, exactly five years after Ferdinand was killed. Wow. So, um, yeah, pretty, pretty, uh, insane pretty story crazy. is if, if I it can is. say it, it's crazy that like, I don't, <laughs> again, we don't have to go down the rabbit hole of all that topic or not, but man, just makes you wonder if you believe in like fate. That sounds terrible with such a horrific acts and like things that do happen in the world. Um, that drive, that, that drive when they split off on the roads again, took me by surprise. I thought it was going to be another, they were driving through and just so happened. Maybe it was a planned thing again, but this wasn't, this was a made a wrong turn, went to reverse and there he was, there he was. That was just standing on the street corner, not even meaning to see him. Yeah. Not, not plan. This wasn't planned on the route. Nothing. He was probably walking fucking home. Maybe. And all of a sudden. Maybe the kid was. Fate steps right in front of him, stops the car. Like, are you, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. And maybe the kid was hunting for him. Maybe the kid was still walking around thinking, oh, he, he drove there. I know he's going to drive back. Maybe I'll get another shot. Maybe that was a thing. But for him to land maybe. and stop right in front of him was pretty bizarre. Yeah. Um, yeah it's very bizarre. Took me by surprise, but. That's crazy. I had no idea about this. Yeah. That's crazy. I didn't know. Now you know yeah. the kid who started started World War One. Damn. Yeah. Damn, man. That's all I got that's for you. Heavy. <laughs> that's all you got. That's it. That's all I got. Damn. Well, that's good. That was a really good podcast. I'm very entertained by that. That's uh, that's shocking. Much to think of. Much wow. M- much wow. <laughs> Podcast good. Doge. No, I'm not going to get into Doge. <laughs> Let's not get into Doge. <laughs> All right. <laughs> to the moon. Okay. Uh, no, dear God. <laughs> this is not advice. We don't solicit. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't listen to what I say about any of that stuff. I just for the memes. Yeah. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening to another episode of Casual History. We'll That's be right. back. Um, Jacob's turn next, next time. Um, we're back on schedule. I know. I hope I'm going to be bringing the fire. I hope you're ready, Jeffrey. Oh, I'm ready. All right. All right. See you later, everyone. Oh, 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 o